Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. about magnificent surrender and something that in the terms of what Julie and I and our co-leaders and people have been doing, why we do church, it's always good to have good context of what church is about because if you have right context, you, you can come to church with more of a gusto, more of a passion to buy into it, to invest into it, to be a part of it. God, you're here. I just really feel it. There's nothing that can you can tell me any different. I was going to talk this morning about the, the gate church, how it blesses family. I preached a message some time ago from Frank Damasio. He says, discovering the authority, power, and results God wants for your church. He calls this type of church a gate church. I'll explain why he, he calls it a gate church in the moment. He employs and describes that terminology because he says it's a church possessed by God. It has a kingdom mindset. It has a mission. Let's go to 1 Kings 5.5. 5. I'm just going to crunch, crunch, crunch. So it's a little bit of a, I don't know, bubble and squeak. Do young people know what bubble and squeak is? Uh, they don't. So you've had break dinner, vegetables one Sunday afternoon. You got some leftover, it's in the fridge, you get it out the next day, you fry it up, uh, fry the veggies up, fry the meat up, and uh, it's yummy, yummy. It's, it's bubble and squeak. Let me do something I was going to share this morning, and I was going to say this morning that the gate church, why the gate church? Because the church should be a gate where you come through because of the worship that has been honored unto the Lord, that has been given unto the Lord. We have opened a portal a portal by faith, we've opened a portal whereby the presence of God is just emanating in the whole church, especially on the altar. And 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 because Jesus has been high and lifted up, and if he be high and lifted up, the Bible says he draws all men unto him. So you're being drawn. You're being drawn, whether you like it or not. You're being drawn by your by your heart, your emotions, your your sincerity of devotion to Christ. You're being drawn. And in that, we hope that you make a few more extra steps towards God, that you've actually progressed, that you haven't just bunkered down and, you know, camped here for too long. But the cloud has moved, guys. And the, you see in Numbers where the cloud moves and they, the, the people of God, were, the Israelites were governed by this cloud. And if God wanted to move them, the cloud would move. They said, tear everything down. You know, millions of people, tear everything down. We're moving, we're moving. Here we go, you know. And just in one chapter, I think they moved about six times. Imagine that. Imagine turning up to C3 Togo. Oh, they've moved again. They've moved. They're moving on down the line, you know. Whereas religion is just staying around the old same thing. Amen? At C3 Togo, we, we're a bit like Solomon in 1 Kings 5.5. 5, it says, I intend, therefore, to build a temple for the name of the Lord, my God, as the Lord told my father David when he said, your son, whom I will put on the throne in your place, will build the temple for my name. So the leaders especially, the pastors, the leaders, look, everyone here, I'm gonna call everyone leaders in this house because you're here. Just by the fact, by default, that you're in the house, you're a leader, leading 
others, leading your community to God's church, to God himself. So it's God's perspective. It's his biblical perspective of building his church, the Lord's house, the house of his heart, the Lord's house, the house of his heart, his plans, his plans and his dreams. And it's up to us as leaders to realize that what God wants to do in our community, in and around our community and abroad and wrestle with that and enact it, amen? Bill Hybel says in one of his books, Rediscovering Church, he says church is like God's ultimate achievement, a community, a center of warm, effervescent outreaching of Christian love, a place with all of its components united in order to become a force of God in this world. A life-giving church, a transforming church. Genesis 28 verse 17, here we go. We're praying that when people visit C3 Tugra, they would say something like this, the Lord is in this place. How awesome is this place? Jacob 28 verse 16, if you back it up. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. Do you know, some people are not aware of God's in the house. <laughs> They're not aware of it. That's, that's not great. Not, that's not good. Um, you must be aware that God is around you, for you, with you. He's goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. He's there. He'll never leave you or forsake you. You just got to get used to the idea that God wants to be close to you, intimate with you, commune with you. You just got to get used to it. When you watch that awkward movie, you know, Blood and Guts, whatever, yuck, yuck, yuck. Uh, I've given up almost on modern movie watching. I watched the old black and whites, watched a classic the other night. The man in his horn, Kirk Douglas and someone, all these classic actors who could, some tragic story of a child prodigy and gets hooked up with the wrong woman and uh, he loses his innocence. He turns his back on his mentor and starts living a crazy life. Crestfallen, wakes up too late to make amends with his, his uh, mentor, famous jazz musician, and uh, such is life. But the good news at the end of that story was that he was back in the band. He married the woman he should have married. And glory to God, he ended up being this wonderful, wonderful virtuoso again, training other young kids up. Great story. Just, I just find the stories of the old movies more redemptive. Like, I'm not sure what happens at the end of some of these movies anymore. Did, was that good or was that bad? Uh, I know there's some stories, notebook and that, that don't end up quite the way they should. I don't know. Is that what, am I speaking right? Many different, and people say, no, that's good. That's real. Yeah, okay. There are many different aspects to, Frank Damasio says, there's many different aspects to a good, healthy church, including a rich environment for building and blessing the family. And I would have, would have spoken about that this morning. But Genesis 28 verse 14 says, so this is God speaking to, to Jacob. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. This guy's just broken. He's isolated. He's got no family. But then God says to him, your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. And you'll spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. 
and your offspring. One commentator says, Jacob had encountered the God of his father and grandfather. God had revealed himself to Jacob in a dream, a dream so real that Jacob received it as a divine visitation and responded with a deep commitment in the form of a vow. So Jacob makes this vow to God. Jacob had been touched and something in him had changed. The Lord met Jacob in his need and granted him the support of his grace by giving him these promises. These words were given, given by Yahweh to strengthen Jacob for a lifetime, gave him a prophetic vision for his future. Isn't it great to have a future and a hope? Jacob was without family, home, provision and protection. He was alone and grieving over his past. The voice of the Lord broke through for Jacob and breaks through for you and I in the darkest hours, the lonely times when the future looks bleak and our souls are in need of a heavy deposit of divine grace and hope. So God promised him, you're gonna possess the land. You're not gonna be an exile anymore. You're not gonna be homeless anymore. You're gonna be blessed to be a blessing to many families. That's exactly the same with us. One minute you're out in the back paddocks of life, then God, you've had an encounter with God, you get saved, and all of a sudden you're serving in church, you're helping in some way, you're, you're having a part to play in seeing people encounter God also. Your family, you yourself now, is being a blessing to other families. So I, I was, I was going to say this morning, the Gatehouse Church blesses its, its, its strategy is to strategize to bless families. The Gate Church blesses families. It blesses families. Devil hates families. My dad's 90 years of age. He dropped around Thursday night and I was trying to tell him why we care for him. And he said, I don't need you to come to the hearing aid place. I don't want you to come. I don't need, I said, well, I can't be there. I've got to go to conference. But your sister, my, my sister, your daughter will go with you to the place. He said, I don't need that. Why do you, why do you care? Why do you do that? I don't want to upset you. Your time is busy. Your time is important. I said, no, that's what family does. Then he said, family don't work. And then he went into this saga about how he lost his dad when he was about eight. Fell off a dockyard and cracked his skull on a granite floor. And uh, Two years later, they finally got some compensation, but by, by that time, they were kicked out of their house and he lost his, saw his mum lose his house and fall into depression, never got out of bed for two years. Married some, well, married some guy that, that was local and just out of sheer necessity times are hard, it's just after the war. And he ended up abusing the kids and kicking the kids around. And so my dad left, lied and joined the Air Force when he was about 15, 14, wow. He said, family doesn't work. I picked up the photos in my house. I said, family does work, that's Julie's mother and father. See that, they were close, the whole family was close and that's what we do, we're doing family, dad, my family. He said, yeah, that doesn't work. He said, it does. Jacob's saying, family doesn't work. The devil hates the family and hates the gate church that seeks to strengthen the family. 
because of this. The family is a place to establish identity and security. The family is a place to teach and transmit values. The family is a place to make and share or store lifetime memories. Stop, guy over the road, actually he was coming to this church for a while and he stopped coming and then they disappeared and we heard that things weren't right. Then they'd sold their home. She left and he was left there scurrying around trying to clean things up. They sold the house. And then I introduced myself to the new owner of the house and they said, yeah, it was really funny. We found all the family photos in the garage just laying in the mud. Oh, what'd you do with them? I felt like I would have taken them. He said, no, we threw them away. Oh, gee whiz. The family's a place to make and store lifetime memories. The family's a place to develop hidden talents and potentials. Family's a place to learn how to love and forgive. Family's a place to grow in a safe environment. Family's a place to learn honesty and transparency. Family is a place to fail without criticism or condemnation. The family is a hiding place during the storms of life. The family is a place to experience the kingdom of God in action. The family is a place to translate scripture into living reality. Psalm 12 verse 7 says, You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. We're talking about building wisely on the Word of God. Luke 6, 48 says, He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the streams beat fervently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. The floods will come even to families and against families. But we can be assured of victory if we build on the rock. Another aspect of the gatehouse church is faith. A faith whereby God opens the doors of opportunity, divine opportunity. Divine opportunity. Genesis 28, 15. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land, church. This is God saying to Jacob, I will be with you and watch over you wherever you go. Believe me. I'm gonna bring you in from the I'm gonna bring you in from that stuff, that that hurt, that isolation, those traumas, those struggles. C3 Tugra, people of God, God's saying to you now, just like God is saying to Jacob, I'm with you and will watch over you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land. What's the land now? It's the land of our salvation. It's our promised land. It's our best life, amen. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. He's going to abide around you whether you like it or not. He's leading you into the promised land of your best life. Everything we have from God, you receive by faith. Faith is the key to every victory and to holding on to what God has given you. Each day you make the choice to use your faith. You choose to believe in the invisible power of God to bring miracles to pass or to believe in what the natural world is saying about your circumstance. Ultimately, faith is believing God and His Word. You have a choice. Faith is a matter of choice. Learning to live by faith is learning to make the right choices. People who are full of faith are very positive. Even in difficult situations, they can still be happy because they trust God to intervene. I think I'm a little bit like that. I'm just trusting God. Um, and the girls crashed the car up in Wyong and I walked, they rang me up. I went up there and anyway, crashed into the guy, the tire went down. 
I looked at it. There's no jack in the car for some reason. And then I could hear a voice. You all right, Pastor Phil? Who's that? Trusty Frank. There he is. God intervening straight across two lanes of road. Are you all right, Pastor Phil? Who's that? Who's that? Oh, my God. It's Frank. Frank the deacon, my loyal, trusty steed, my loyal, trusty friend. There he is. What do you need? I need a jack. I'll go get one. Three minutes later, in comes the jack. Faith is believing that God's going to intervene. When people fail to put their faith in Jesus in their daily lives, they often speak negatively about themselves, others, and their situation. They need to be freed from the negativity, unbelief by having their minds renewed according to God's Word. What God's Word says is more real than the circumstance or your feelings or anything that would be telling you otherwise. The Word of God, Matthew 24, 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. You love that? Until you listen to the Word, until you take the Word in to be obedient to the Word, freedom will come when you hear God's Word, believe God's Word, act on God's Word. I said hear God's Word, believe God's Word, act on God's Word. John 8, 31 says, To the Jews who had believed Him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Another aspect of this type of church we're talking about, this gate church, which we're getting from Scripture, by the way, is a sustained, awesome, manifested presence of God. Genesis 28, verse 16 says, When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. How many times have we been not aware that we're in the house of God? And then you go, hang on. Gee, that was pretty powerful worship. Gee, Lisa was singing good tonight. Maybe he is here. Maybe I put that little phone away. Hands are going up now. Looking to heaven. Pastor Phil's looking to heaven. He's got his hands up. Must be something happening. I'll give it a go. You put your little antennas up. Oh my God, God is here. God is here. I better shut my eyes, man. I'm in for a ride of my life here. This is awesome. C3 Tagra, place of his presence. Because God is here and I didn't know it. God's not here when when you're leaning back. When you're looking at something in the world, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Another aspect is the Word of God, the Word-driven focus church. Genesis 28, verse 19, he called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Bethel means house of God. 1 Timothy 3:15 says, If I am delayed, you will know how many, how how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of truth. Just scooting through these. Another aspect of the, of the Gatehouse Church, a covenantal commitment in giving of their tithe and offerings. Remember I said Jacob made a vow? Genesis 28, 20 says, then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me, if God will be with me, and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar 
will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Another aspect is an open heaven with healing, miracles and deliverance. Genesis 28, 12 says, he had a dream in which he saw. See, this is our template. This is our blueprints of being a gatehouse church. Genesis 28, 12 says, he had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending. Mercy, grace, troubles going up, tribulations, hurts, sin, sickness, sin, Forgiveness, healing, miracles, deliverance in the presence of God. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. Well, hang on, let's go to the New Testament. This is the New Testament version. John 1.50 says, Jesus answered and said to him, now this is, the new, this is the King James Version. It's not your NIV version. It says it like this in the New King James Version. It says, because I said to you, I saw you, under the fig tree, Jesus prophesied. He knew he'd be there. Do you believe you will see greater things than these? And he said to him, this is Jesus, most assuredly I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. On the Son of Man. C3 Tugger's desire to build a gatehouse church is built through biblical revelation. Biblical revelation. Genesis 28, 17. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Awesome. There was another aspect I wasn't going to preach this morning, but in this gathering... I can declare to you another aspect of the gatehouse church is a prayer intercession ladder connecting heaven and earth. And that's the prayer component of your church. And we should thank the people that are allowing us to experience God every Sunday because of their prayers. Because without the prayers, the intercessory prayers of the team that we have, we had only two Saturdays ago a team that came from all over. 70 people were here that people who have a gift of intercession and prayer, they were meeting in this building on a Saturday. Of course, we ran into it when we came here on Sunday and we're going, wow, what's happening? God's moving. What happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened. 70 intercessors met. They were taught and trained and then they prayed and cleared the air and it changed the atmosphere. Amen. And what does that do? Changes the atmosphere, folks. The first atmosphere, an atmosphere of open heaven. No spiritual hindrances. Breakthrough happens in that place. Two, an atmosphere of unified expectancy. No business as usual. No business as usual service, not another service. Three, an atmosphere of supernatural surprises. He's no common, ordinary God. Four, an atmosphere of everyone can receive. No limitations are allowed to be placed on anyone. Five, an atmosphere of people are important. No person is undervalued. Six, an atmosphere of victorious living possible. No defeatist spirit here. No, no defeatist spirit here. God is able to deliver anyone at any time. Seven, an atmosphere of reaching our city. 
no hold the fort philosophy here. We attack and take no prisoners. Eight, an atmosphere of financial blessing. No excuses or apologies. God is good and he desires to bless and provide for his work. Nine, an atmosphere of communion. The voice of God is heard clearly. An atmosphere of faith, no pessimism about the future. God is in control. 11, an atmosphere of vision. People see the invisible and do the impossible. 12, an atmosphere of worship. The river of God is released in fullness. Amen. How do we build such a church? How do we build it, Pastor Phil? Is it just about worshiping God? No, it's about building the culture. Uh, That's our mission, connect people to Christ Jesus. So we've had a full-blown encounter with God like Jacob. God, what are you saying? He gives us vision like he gave Jacob vision. Our vision is to connect people to Christ Jesus, build and grow the church, release gospel power in word and spirit, and advance the kingdom. And then there's culture. What is culture? Five structures. Now, this is good if you're a business person or home. You can do your home like this. You can do life like this. So what's culture? Culture is important. Those words up there represent values of our culture. Let's do this. Five structures that shape culture. Vision. That's what the organization is doing and wants to do. We've explained that. Two, purpose, why the organization is doing what it does. Three, business model, how vision is accomplished. Four, the wow factor. Whoa. The wow factor, what makes the organization stand out. That would be the love of God. Five, values, what the company employees care about. The values are actually this. Let's go to the values. The values are all this great stuff up here. These are our values, the innovation, innovative ways. The Bible says in 2 Samuel 14, 14, like water spilled out on the ground that perishes. He wishes no one perish, but he gives ways and means and devices to win the lost. I love that. Generosity, it's a done deal, guys. You cannot stop us. You cannot outgive God. We love God. We will worship him with our tithes and offerings and everything that we have in us. The experience, the experiential faith, that's a value of this church. Destiny, we're trying to definitely, like Jacob had that encounter and realized his destiny again. It's a fallacy to be a Christian and not be in church. Churchless Christianity is absolute heresy. You know, if you're doing a coffee shop with two people, that's not church. Church is being accountable, it's being a member of a church. It's been a member where you are accountable to people and leadership. Can I be as honest as that? Is that cool? You are a member. And so I appreciate what those guys are doing in their coffee shop uh, stuff. But excellence, excellence. Everything we do is about excellence. Everything we do is about excellence. The way we dress, the way we conduct ourselves, the way we, we do everything. Everything. How we just do life is excellent. Honor, we honor our mums and dads as long as the days are long in the land. Honor each other, submit to each other out of reverence for Christ, Ephesians. Prayer, prayer is absolute. That's our keystone. keystone. That's how this church is here. That's how you're here, by prayer. Mission, we are on a mission to seek out the heart of God. We are on mission. I am on mission. I am not going to retire and find a little somewhere where I can stop seeking God. I am on mission. I will be useful to the ends of my day. If I can live to be 90 like my dad, I'll be preaching till I'm 90. I'll be influencing, mentoring. I'll be blessing to the end of my, I've just got this little tiny much on this planet. Then I've got all eternity. 
mission authentic. We want to be authentic with, with God, with each other. We want to be authentic with each other. And now let's go back to the values, the values of the PowerPoint. The values is how can we do culture? How can we perfect this? Because it's not a free-for-all here. This is a country called C3 Tugra. And this is where we live and behave. And this is how we do it. Five behavioral expressions of culture is this. Habits. It's the habits that we have. Routines. Routines. We're on time. We're shared language. We have a language of faith. Common beliefs. We believe in Jesus. And five mutual decisions to advance the kingdom, to do what God has called us. And that, my friend, is culture. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Faith.